Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. And guys, this is my first show back since my injury. And for those of you who don't know, I ruptured my Achilles uh, playing basketball. So I've been out of commission for a little while, but we are back and with another special guest, I might add. And this is a guy who a year ago, you know, I wanted to reach out to and and just wanted to feel more comfortable, I guess, with what I was doing with my own show and, and building up a platform. So here we are today. Um, this guy's name is Trevor Reagan. And and Trevor is someone that, you know, from afar, I've looked up to, I've read his work and, and just seen all the cool things that he's doing in the world. So it's, it's really cool to be able to have him on. So Trevor, uh, thank you for coming on today. And how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm I'm happy to be here, man. Big fan of the podcast, so it's an honor to be on. That's awesome. I appreciate it. So, for Trevor, just for starters, uh, can you talk about, you know, your background? You know, who are you, and and and, and, and what is this 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 amazing thing that you're uh, doing in the world? Okay, so where I'm at now is I run a website called Train Ugly, and the the mission there is to discover and share the science of learning. And what I've done is just jumped into like uh, researching and and talking about like how people learn and develop. And it's been one of the most rewarding, most fun missions and projects that I've ever done. And uh, it's been about two or three years now that I've been doing it and it's a blast. So I get to work with lots of schools, lots of sports teams, companies, and really, really just trying to sink our teeth into how people learn and develop, and then better ways to uh, like align our classrooms and align our sports programs with those principles. So that's what I'm doing now. And then how I got there is pretty interesting. Um, I've done quite a few things, but I think the most important thing to happen to me that led me to where I am today is uh, like my goal my entire life, like literally in my third grade journal in school, I wrote, I want to play basketball at Duke. And I devoted like every waking moment of my life to trying to accomplish that goal. And I got really, really good at basketball. And I was lucky enough to get uh, accepted into Duke. And I had the opportunity to, to uh, try out for one of the walk-on positions. And so I got there freshman year and 100 people tried out for the two walk-on spots. Wow absolutely ridiculous and I made the final four so there was four of us that got to be on the team for the preseason and it was I like words can't even describe how awesome that was for me to do Uh, like I would literally tear up before every workout and before every practice just because I like it was just amazing to be a part of that program and so I was on the team for preseason, and right before the season start, they had to cut two of us and keep two of us, and I was the last guy cut. Mm. So I like to tell people it's like Rudy without the happy ending. So <laughs> I, I like didn't make it. Um, but what happened is at the time, I thought that was like the worst thing that could ever happen. Like I was, I was seriously crushed. But what, what it did was plant a question in my head of like, what could I have done better? Like, what could I have done differently that would have helped me achieve that goal? And that question has taken me down this road of like looking at uh, the mental side of learning, looking at better ways to structure practice, better ways to approach skill development. And that has led me 
on this mission. And so looking back, it's safe to say what I thought was one of the worst things that could happen ended up being one of the best things. And I think that realization is something that everyone might have. If you look back at the, the major struggles and major obstacles in your life, you see how valuable they were. And that idea is a big part of what we try to teach people as well is that there is value in every experience and there's value in all of the obstacles and hurdles that we're messed with or that, that we're met with. And so a part of being a great learner and part of developing is understanding the value of a challenge and understanding the value of the struggle. Um, and so through that, um, I've kind of lived that myself and, and I try to share that experience with others. Now, Trevor, I think that, that that is so awesome. And just to focus on that, that one part that you said in, in taking what you thought was uh, the, the worst possible thing that could ever happen to you and, and then somehow finding that, that insight to realize that, wait a minute, there's something that could be learned from this. What, how, how did that process come about? So, I mean, like, right. I, like when I got cut from my team, it was, you know, I cried, I, I went home yeah. and like took sure. some time to, yeah. to, to, to realize <laughs> what happened. And I kind of had that, that, that same type of journey where I realized this was actually something that uh, I can grow from and move forward and to do right. other things. How did that happened so, for you. <laughs> so that process took years, man. Mm -hmm. Like I was crushed for that year, the next year, like it was a big defeat for me. And so for me to really be able to recognize the value, man, that took five years. Now, what I would, what I'm trying to teach people and, and a big part of our message is like, you can always look at back at those losses and those stumbles and struggles and eventually you see the value right whether that mm -hmm. takes a year or five years or a couple months the most successful people and the best people at like learning and developing and taking on challenges they realize that the value is always there so they skip the step of waiting years to see the value and they just understand look this can suck and this is frustrating and this is a hard Thing that I have to confront, but the really, really good learners and the most successful people, I think, they know that there's value. And so they skip the step of like uh, really, really getting down and feeling defeated. They just know like, look, if this is hard, it's a challenge. There's something here that can help me grow. And I'm going to, I'm going to look for that and recognize that right away. And so for me, it's like, and it sounds like you, are the same like it took us a while to see the value in a, mm. a while and so something that I'm working with and, and trying to teach others is like there's always the value let's find it at the start and let's skip the like the hangover period of being like kind of down and out about it exactly I think that that is so key especially in that point and and I I feel like I'm still figuring it out along the way and, and, and going back, you know, like the thing that Steve Jobs always said that you can't, you know, see what's going to happen looking right. forward. But um, when when you got to that point and, and you were finally able to move forward and, and make sense of what you learned and now here you are with, you know, all these vast experiences under your belt and you're putting together uh, Train Ugly and you're reaching out to all of these different uh experts and, 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 and partnering up with them and being able to, as you say on your website, live in the dream. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it that 
has gotten you to be able to, you know, take on all these, you know, new experiences and be able to cement yourself as somebody as a go-to resource uh, for outside people to connect with and want to bring in to do all the the speaking that you do or or the coaching or the different clinics that you put on. Sure, I think a couple of things. Uh, first, it was just like a hunger to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I first started, I had ideas about like the best way to practice, the best way to develop. But when I started the mission, I wanted to start with a clean slate. And so I said, okay, let's stop doing things the way that they were done to us. Like, like it's easy for teachers to teach the way that they were taught and it's easy for coaches to coach the way they were coached. And I feel like that's sort of our default in everything. And so I said, I want to start at the ground level and, and really look at the science and look for better ways to do things. And that approach led me down a road where I discovered two really important like areas of research. One is motor learning, and that's very sport-focused, but it's essentially the science of how people acquire skill. And then the other, and I think the most general and most applicable or applicable to anyone is the growth mindset research. And that is essentially like the mental approach you take to learning. And so those two areas of research sort of, they culminate and they combine together. And that is what Train Ugly is about. Um, So that approach of just like, let's take it from the ground level. Let's really search and find experts and whether they're in sports or out of sports, um, and, and let's really look at the science behind development. And so creating the like your theories and principles based in science rather than just like what you've experienced, I think that's helped me a lot. I think looking outside of sports has helped me a lot. I think a lot of the, the lessons and the research that we look at is not sports related. And so that has helped me a lot as well. And then I think the most important thing that is sort of been like the the fuel that has allowed so much traction to happen with this website is Mm -hmm. to be over the top like gracious like everything that I learn I share for free and that is always going to be the case so just making really really good stuff and sharing it with as many people as we can for free uh, that approach I think has helped me a ton because like the, the big mentors and the big moments that, and the big wins that I've had with Train Ugly have all come from just someone seeing a video or an article that we made and sending it to a friend. And then the friend sends it to a friend. And that's how I uh, got hooked up with the USA Volleyball staff. Mm-hmm. That's how I got hooked up with some of these uh, like leading researchers, professors, and authors. It's just by sharing. And my mission is like, it's exciting for me because that's what I get to do. I get to learn awesome stuff, but then I get to serve others. I get to share it. I get to go uh, talk to seventh and eighth grade students about this. And I really do believe that this is such a powerful uh, concept and, and, and such powerful principles to share with someone. Like that's motivating. Like that gets me out of the out of bed in the morning. It's just that the passion for sharing this stuff because I see the value in it because it's absolutely changed my life. Um, so I think, yeah, if I was to pinpoint the reason that it's doing so well would be having an open mind to new things and not just thinking that I knew everything or I had it made, mm-hmm. uh, looking outside of just my industry and then sharing as much as I can 
with as many people as I can for free. And though that, I think that approach has led to some pretty good things. Wow, yeah, I love hearing it. And, and something I want to touch on, too, while we're talking about how you've been able to expand into uh, this, 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 this new area of being able to share what it is that gets you excited uh, around the world and working with these different experts is that the one discussion that always comes up is about, you know, education. And, and uh, I know you went to school at Duke and you did sociology. I did sociology as well nice. for, for yes. my undergrad. Uh, has that ever, you know, come across as an issue saying that, you know, you're not, you know, further along in your education like master's, PhD, sure. or, or, or what is that discussion? And how do you, um, as somebody, somebody that is still, you know, young, um, navigate that challenge if it even is a challenge or or how does that work for you yeah i i think it's a thing like uh it's tough for younger people and it's tough if you don't have the piece of paper but my approach has simply been i am going to grind away at making the very very best stuff and going and finding the very very best people and so like my approach on like the motor learning side especially like i went and found the people who, like, I found the guy who wrote the textbook on motor learning in the 1970s, mm-hmm. and I went and stayed with him for three days. Like, that, my approach has been just, like, jump in and really get to the ground floor with this. Like, so when I read a book, like, I read it, I take notes, and I try to really digest it all, but then I'm going to go find a way to spend a few days with the author and really dig into their research. And so for me, like this sort of like self-education style has been useful because I can pick out the things that I'm passionate about and then just go 90 Mm. and, and get to the bottom of it. And for me, it's like in school, I never really had that drive because I felt like most of the time I was working on things I didn't care about. Right. Now, if I could go back, I would take a much different approach. But at the time, that was kind of where I was at. So this is like the things I'm doing now are all because I'm so passionate about the mission. And, and honestly, I, I've learned more. I've written more. I've studied and researched more in the past few years than I ever did in school. Why? Because I like this is what I care about more than anything. Um, so... Man, my approach has just been go find the best people and learn from them. And then uh, building on top of that, it is I need to be able to make better, more effective stuff that actually shares and allows the information to stick. None of the stuff that I'm sharing is is that new. Like the, the, this research has been around for 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. But so my challenge has been, and, and this is what I tell the people when I work with them, is like, I want to find a way to help this stick. Because, like I said, like it's been around forever. People just aren't applying it. And so a, a big part of my mission is finding better ways to share it, whether that's through animations, through videos, through audio, like just finding more effective ways to tell the story and so people understand it and they can run with it. Because the truth is, it doesn't matter if they read it, but they don't use it, right? Like, right. they need to be able to read it, digest it, understand it, and run with it. And so, like, my mission is to help that. Uh, the principles themselves about learning and about development, those don't change. But what does change is the message of, like, how can I share this with a fifth grader 
and have it stick? And how can I share this with an Olympic athlete and have it stick? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the fascinating side for me. No, yeah, that's kind of getting no, that's getting me really excited too because I, I I feel like my mind is thinking the same way as you were as when I was younger. I was like ah. I don't care about this stuff, but like, like even as you said that now, as I've gotten older, like I'm the person who, who finds fun and, and doing research and, right. and, and and looking up new things and being able to explain them uh, to people to get them to stick. And, and one of the persons that I, I think that I also follow is you know like Carol Dweck and yeah. and, and the work that she's done with uh, with grit, I believe, and and just being mm-hmm. able to explain that. I actually gave a, a presentation. Uh, on grit to some middle school students and, nice. and and helping that stick with them, but I, I do want to transition over into and you alluded to it a, a moment ago is about how uh, learning works. What have yeah. you discovered uh, is the way that learning works? All right, so there's two things that I will go to battle on for the rest of my life, and literally these are the two things that I just want people to understand people as in adults, people as in students, anyone that reads my stuff or any talk that I give, there's two things that I want people to understand. First is we all have the capacity to learn and get better at anything, period. Like that is a fact of science. We all have the capacity to learn and grow in any area that we'd want. And of course, there's some head starts, but the truth is we can all learn and get way better than we even realize. So our capacity to learn is far greater than we know. And our capacity to learn just about anything is far more vast than we know. So we need to believe that because that's the truth. By having a brain, we have like this ultimate learning machine, this tool that can really pick up and get good at anything. But we have to believe that. And the reason that that is so important is if you don't believe that, it's really hard to learn something. And if you think about it, we all cut ourselves off from learning stuff because of our beliefs. So like my grandma can't use an iPhone because she doesn't believe she can. Like she just looks at it, she's like, oh, I can never figure that out. And then she never tries. But the truth of the matter is, if she spent 15, 20 minutes poking around, she could figure it out. Right. Like it's, it's not like I have an iPhone using gene that she doesn't, right? It's just, I believe I can learn it and then I do. And then that analogy, you can apply that to anything. Uh, Art, math, public speaking, anything. It's really hard to get good at those things if you don't believe you could do it. So step one is we have to sell people on the fact that they can learn anything. They have to believe that to their core. And then if we're transitioning into how learning works, it's very simple. We are built to learn best when we are stretched and when we are challenged and when we are operating at the edge of our abilities and outside of our comfort zone. Like that is where we're built to learn. So another way to look at it is our brains are like a muscle. And we all know how muscles work. Like if you're doing a set of 10 curls in the weight room, which rep out of the 10 is the hardest to do? The last one. Right. The last one, you start to get the arm shake and have the Mm -hmm. weird look on your face. (laughs) Like that's hard. And which rep out of the 10 is the most important to develop strength? That last one. Right. So they're all important, but the last one where you really are struggling and the muscles are failing and like where the, the, the real like effort is, is being exerted, like that's how muscles are built. Our brains are the same. 
Our brains are designed to learn the best when they are stretched and when they are challenged. And so the key with learning is simply this. Believe that you can do it and then find ways to stretch and challenge yourself and give your brain, give yourself enough experience in that zone. And if you do that, you can get crazy good at absolutely anything. So you have to believe you could do it and then understand how it works. And then th- as far as the research that backs that up, it's everywhere. The research that like backs up that that is how our brains learn. Um, they've tested animals. They've tested people. Uh, one pretty interesting study they did on rats where they had three groups of rats where one group lived in total isolation. Like mm-hmm. literally they just had food and water and they lived like in a black box. Uh, the other group lived in a super social like environment where they got to play with other rats. There was like toys and mazes and they just got to kind of like soup it up on a playground all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third group got to watch. So they got to watch the social group. And so the, the idea was like, okay, we, we know what's going to happen with the group that lives in isolation. And they thought they knew what would happen to the group that was watching. What ended up happening was a bit different. So at the end of the study, they killed off the rats and they looked at their brains. And obviously the brains of the rats that lived in isolation, like there was like, they were way smaller than the brains of the rats that lived in the like social environment, right. as you would think, right? Like literally like the density, the connections, everything that they measured, the rats that lived in a social environment were better. They were happier. They were smarter. Their brains were more dense. There's more connections as you would think, right? Mm-hmm. But the crazy part was that the rats that got to watch the social rats, their brains were exactly like the brains of the isolated rats. Mm-hmm. And so what that showed us is something important. Your brain learns by doing, not by watching. And that takes us back to the muscle analogy, right? Like you get stronger by lifting, not by watching other people lift unfortunately, right? Like you can't like go to the gym and like watch people lift and you get stronger. No, that's not how it works. You have to do it. Learning is the same. For our brains to learn something and our brains to pick something up, we have to do it and we have to stretch it. We have to challenge it. And if we give it enough time there, there is nothing that you can't learn. And to me, that's like the most empowering thing to understand. And I think it's one of the most important things to share with Anyone, everyone needs to know that because when you know that you realize something like there is pretty much nothing that you can't learn. And to me, that's just such an important idea to take to heart. And that can, I've seen it change lots of lives and it's changed my life as well. When you really believe that to your core. That's incredible. So I think that leads us right into talking about that growth mindset. But uh, Mm -hmm. why, why is it that that we are not taught this uh, in, yeah. in school or even when we're coming up? Does that fall back on the fact that we're taught the way that people before us were taught? I think that has a big part, to, uh, like a big uh, role. Mm-hmm. The, the two reasons that we don't... So a growth mindset is simply a belief in your ability to learn. So that's when I was talking about step one a second ago. That's essentially having a growth mindset. And then to build on top of that, it's understand how your brain learns. So having a growth mindset is the belief that you can learn. And then how you approach learning is sort of like understanding I need to stretch and challenge my brain. And then the problem that happens, though, is when you stretch and challenge yourself, 
you start to make more mistakes and it starts to get ugly and it starts to get hard. Now, that's where the limitations come. Okay. And the reason that a lot of us struggle with learning and development are two things, stories and fear. Stories are the things that we tell ourselves about what we can and can't do. And stories are the things that other people tell us about what we can and can't do. So stories are like, hey, maybe you're just not cut out to be a math person. Or, hey, maybe you're just not a good shooter. You should focus on defense. Or something down that road where someone is telling us what we can and can't do. Stories we tell ourselves are, yeah, I'm just not creative. Or I'm just not a dancer. And those stories squash our belief in that, in our ability to learn anything. Do you see how that works? I do. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the stories tell us what we can and can't do. And those are coming from ourselves and coming from others. And then the other that holds us back, the other big factor is fear. The fear of looking bad, the fear of making mistakes, and the fear of standing out. Now, this fear is more of an internal thing. It's that voice that we all have in our head that literally tells us, play it safe, do what you're good at, fit in, don't take risks, don't mess up. Like we all have this voice in our head. It's literally built into your brain. It's called the amygdala. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Seth Godin calls it the lizard brain. But we all have this in our head. And it's literally, your brain is, is, is like hardwired to resist taking on challenges and to resist standing out. And the reason is because like we're built, like the software that we're running in our brains is built to survive like thousands of years ago in the jungle where there's like saber tooth tigers and stuff <laughs> and where like we had to be fearful of everything because it, lo most things can kill you. And we had to be very mindful and fearful of standing out because if we didn't fit into the tribe, we were kicked out and we would die. So this fear helped us survive. But the problem is we're running that same software in a time where we're not going to get kicked out of the tribe and a saber-toothed tiger is not going to hunt us. So this fear and this software is living in a time where those things don't exist anymore. And what that does is it holds us back when it comes to learning. Because all the things that help us learn and grow, taking on a challenge, making mistakes, stretching, challenging, all of those things that help us grow, our brain, our amygdala is designed to resist those things. And so, again, that is that source of that fear. And that is why we don't like to raise our hand at class. That's why we don't like to work on problems that we don't know the answer to. Like that is internal and that is in everyone. And then the key is to understand how to sort of dance with that fear. Because the truth is you're never going to get rid of it. What you can do is understand like that is a part of you. And when you feel that, when your amygdala freaks out, it's a sign that you're in the right zone. It is a sign that you're on that 10th rep and that you're stretching and challenge. And so the best learners, they use that fear as sort of a compass, as a sign that they're doing the right thing. Mm. And so like to, to circle back, it's the reason that we, most of us could be a lot better at learning is the stories that we tell ourselves and people tell us about what we can and can't do and the fear of messing up. Because the truth is to learn anything, to get good at something, you have to be bad first. And that is like the number one principle of learning. Like when you learned how to ride a bike, you crashed a lot. And oh, when yeah. you learned how to walk, you crashed a lot. And the only way you could learn those things was by making those mistakes. There's no way you can learn without that. 
Learning algebra, learning public speaking, learning basketball is exactly the same. You have to struggle, you have to stretch, you have to mess up a lot in order to figure it out. So that fear never allows us to get into that zone where we are making the, the necessary mistakes in the journey to figure something out. So this is interesting. Can you paint, paint us a picture too of, of an experience that you went through where you know, obviously you're making a lot of mistakes at the beginning and you were able to uh, make it through those, uh, those ugly moments? Sure. So like backtracking to my college years, I was the most shy person ever. Like I went through a couple of years of college and I had never said a word. Like I was so scared about speaking up in class, about being wrong, like absolutely the most shy person ever. And if you would have taken me in college and someone would have came up to me and said, yo, uh, in a few years, you're going to be making a living as a public speaker. (laughs) Like (laughs) I would have been like, you are absolutely crazy. Like there's no chance, Mm -hmm. absolutely no chance. But the truth of the matter is that's what I'm doing now. Um, like this mission is built on the backbone of me traveling around and speaking to people, whether it's, uh, like in the corporate world or schools or sports teams, like I need to go share this. And the way that I share it is by speaking. And so like, that is something that I've had to develop. And like, the funny thing is, um, like it's taken a lot of like stumbles and, and mistakes to get to that point. Obviously, like the first couple of workshops and, and and speaking gigs I did, they weren't perfect. But I knew that that's okay. Like in order for me to get good at this, I have to like try new things. I have to mess up. I have to stumble. I have to stretch myself. And now I'm at the point where, like, I'm getting pretty good at this. And so many people will come up to me after like a, a, a talk and they'll say, wow, I just want to say like, you're such a natural public speaker. <laughs> I'm just like, no, like I'm not a natural, like this has been years in the making. Um, and that kind of takes me to one more point about stories. The story that person told me is so false. That person said that I'm a natural at public speaking and that might be what she tells herself. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, squashing my belief in the ability to get better and that idea of gifted people and naturals we hear it all the time like when you're watching sports you see lebron or kobe or someone do something incredible what do the announcers always say oh he's so gifted right that is bullshit those people are good because of the work that they've put in and that work deserves respect like there are a lot of other six eight 250 pound dudes in the world who aren't lebron like he earned those skills and he developed those skills and we need to honor and respect that. Saying that he's gifted is a story and saying that he's gifted kind of takes the weight off of our shoulders and we're like, yeah, I'm just not gifted. I, I, I'm not meant to be good at something. It's on you, man. It is on you. We are in control of our abilities and anyone who's good at anything, they got there by struggling they got there by making mistakes and they got there by really, really going to work every single day. And we need to acknowledge that because that's how it works. Mm, I think I think that's a great point to leave it on because just just those those couple of things that you touched on today were were empowering, especially the way that you were explaining them. So I see how you're talking about how you make those things thick because when you were telling me I painted the whole picture of mm. of of that fear and going through with the lifting of the weights of the repetition. So that was awesome. Yeah. I do want to ask also Trevor is where, you know, where can we, 
um, you know, check out what you're doing and, and, and follow you along as you're coming out with more things? The best place to go is trainugly.com. And like I said, everything that I learn goes up there and everything on there is free. Uh, my email, my phone number, everything's on there if, if anyone wants to reach out. As you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about this. So oh, yes. uh, if anyone wants to talk more about this or, or has any questions, please reach out. Uh, I think it's important. I think that it matters. And I'm going to always go to work to find better ways to share it with others. So trainugly.com. That's awesome, Trevor. And then final question, what is your definition of fulfilling life's yearnings? I think for me, it's being passionate about growth and understanding that learning is something that you can do every single day. And it's just an empowering way to look at the world of like, there is so much to learn and there's always ways to improve what you're doing. And I just think that's a fascinating way to approach life of like, what am I going to learn next? That's awesome. Thank you so much, Trevor. Uh, you were Man, you were an awesome guest to have on, and I love, I love hearing the passion come out. You know, especially when you're speaking, and and you offered, you know, so many great things. So I'm glad that we were able to connect. All right, Blake, I appreciate it, man. All right, talk soon. Later. <laughs>